It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. You're about to listen to the 22nd episode of Screen Talk, IndieWire's weekly podcast, which is available on iTunes, where you can subscribe to our weekly updates and also leave a review for the show. You can also reach us on Twitter. I'm at Eric Cohn, and Ann Thompson is at AK Stanwick. A banana-colored woman and an orange Cadillac. And a pea green suit. And a pocket full of $100 bills. Welcome to Screen Talk, IndieWire's weekly podcast. I'm Eric Cohn, the chief film critic, and joined as always by Thompson and Hollywood's Ann Thompson, all the way out in Mexico. It's, it's I think, uh, almost as ambitious as the last time we did this from uh, the festival scene when you were uh, out in Europe. How are things going down south? No complaints. I'm at the tip of Baja, and it's beautiful and balmy and breezy, and um, I, I cannot complain. Uh, I ha- I'm having a lovely time. Well, last time we spoke, we were just sort of getting rolling with AFI Fest, and now it's finished, which means that we can actually talk a little bit about the movies that we chose to single out as members of the jury for the new auteurs section. And I think we both agree that it was just a really rich lineup of international sort of first and second features, so a real discovery element in play. The movie that we gave the top award to, Self Made, which is a second feature from an Israeli director named Shira Geffen, is really an outstanding movie, which to my knowledge does not yet have U.S. distribution, so I really hope that this award gets it out there. It's this really fascinating tale of sort of an Israeli artist and a Palestinian woman who works at this warehouse who kind of sort of swap identities, but it's this very surreal kind of unexpected narrative that was a real discovery. Beautifully made. Beautifully yeah. made. I was stunned by it, but there was and I, there were ten films in the competition. I had to, The one one I had seen beforehand was The Tribe, which we did give a prize to, well-deserved. Um, the Ukrainian um, that's uh, entirely silent. Uh, there's another film from the competition that we gave a screen. You and I gave a screenwriting prize to, and it turned out to be the Audience Award winner, which made me feel very validated, actually, which is the Mexican film called Hueros, which is playing here at this festival. Um, black and white, very uh, unexpected uh, slice of life in uh, contemporary Mexico with student strikes and, and uh, you know, students sort of disaffected by... The, world around them, which I understand, I, I'm learning here, has, has created some controversy uh, here uh, in Mexico. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a really fascinating movie. It's this really beautiful black and white kind of coming of age story with a new wave sensibility, but it also captures you know, the kind of tension between the malaise of the youth culture, but then also this uh, sense of frustration that's leading to a kind of countercultural rebellion, almost like a 60s sort of uh, sensibility. Absolutely. And it's very timely because they are having major student strikes here, Uh, not where I am, but in other parts of of Mexico. And then the other, um, but but what's exciting about that group of films that we saw is, is that they're sort of first and second time 
uh, filmmakers who are the future. And if this is the future, I really look forward to seeing what they're going to do next. Absolutely. I mean, it really does sort of create an alternative showcase for people who are making movies that are worth talking about and getting excited about. And if you only pay attention to the stuff that kind of gets the most attention at this time of the year or when summer blockbuster season, et cetera, et cetera, you might have a much gloomier sort of understanding of, you know, what people are doing in movies today. But this was a nice sort of, uh, you know, sort of response to that, I'd say. But these weren't the only movies at AFI Fest. We should also probably talk about the bigger titles because on Tuesday there was quite a double bill with Selma, Ava DuVernay's Martin Luther King film, which originally was supposed to preview only 30 minutes, and then they decided at the last minute to show the whole thing, and then Clint Eastwood's American Sniper. Now, I didn't see either movie, so you are going to... You took off of out of town. Hey, I uh, had to teach, so I, that's a valid excuse. I have to... Yeah, no, that's at NYU. Very important. Professor, exactly. professor. Um, so, basically, um, Selma played in... Incredibly well. It's a very good movie, and it and it plays, and it's led, dominated by a, a powerhouse performance by David Oyelowo, and he has just he's going to get he could get nominated for this. Now, I say that could I don't say it with enormous positivity because we have to see how the reviews are and everything, but. I, I think it's, I think people are going to root for this movie in every way. I think the critics will. I think the audiences will. I think the Academy will. It's it's a, you know it's in that twelve years a slave uh, sort of sweet spot where um, it, it it tells us a story from a different point of view than we've ever seen it before, and it's a story we need to have told, and it's told well. Well, here's here's my question for you. I'm going to use the S word, and you're going to hate it. But is it a, is it a very sentimental movie? Sentimental is not the word I would use. The word I would use is sincere. And I know Ava DuVernay. I mean, she's a, she did Middle of Nowhere. She she got a directing prize at Sundance in 2012. David Oyelowo was in that, too. It was an excellent film. Excellent film. Small, you know. She comes from marketing and publicity. She has a great deal of um, awareness of how the industry functions. She's become a an academy member already. And she, uh, love her. she runs a distribution company, the African American Film Release. That's right. That's, where, that's what I'm saying about marketing and publicity. That's really what she does. She 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 helps to, to release films. But and she still maintains that, by the way. Um, so this is a remarkable woman, um, and and I think that um, uh, she did a remarkable job. Uh, does that mean? But 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 she. How do I say this? When Django Unchained came out and Spike Lee uh, said he would never watch it, she told me she would never watch it either. And so what this movie represents is the raise up the race kind of um, higher minded, uh, be black and be proud uh, kind of sensibility. This is a movie that's designed to celebrate the achievement of this extraordinary man. And there is no other level to it, really. I mean, they're, they're saying, yes, he, maybe he was a womanizer, you know, maybe he wasn't true to his, you know, say, faithful to his wife. He's not, it's not, he's not a perfect man, but it's pretty damned reverential, <laughs> you know. So, sincere is the word I would use. So, that leads to the Oscar conversation, because obviously the, the very concept of, of an African-American woman being nominated, much less winning Best Director, is, is, is historic. Uh, does that mean that this is a movie that could have that sort of momentum behind it to make something like that happen? That sounds like a different conversation. The conversation is really going to be around David Oyelowo and whether he can get into the 
slut of, of the best actor race, which is extremely competitive. The other film that showed that night was um, from... Well, uh, let me, the other film that showed that night was American Sniper, the Clint Eastwood film, which is not nearly was not nearly as well received on any level. It's much more of a sort of standard issue uh, war movie. Perfectly it wasn't well badly, made. yeah, it wasn't badly received. No, clear. not at all. It it has it has some actually some extraordinary Iraq war sequences on the ground that are as well done as as anybody could do them. But and it has this great performance by Bradley Cooper in um, a transformative role where he has to bulk up and become a Navy SEAL and show off this extraordinary, you know, uh, muscle mass <laughs> that he managed to uh, acquire. Uh, and, you know, the, the, everybody thinks that if you transform yourself physically, that's going to help you in the Oscar race. He gives a good performance, but I don't think the film is going gonna, is gonna to take off in the way that it might need to for him to get into the race it, when it's so competitive. I mean, Ray Fiennes is going to make a comeback with Grand Budapest hotel he's back into into town he's working it you know and and uh there's there's there are you know matthew mcconaughey is still in play uh for interstellar although he seems to be losing steam rapidly box catchers coming on really strong with steve carell so it's all you know it's all kind of uh in you know, chadwick boseman is working it he you know he's extraordinary in in uh get on up if, as long as people see the film and now that he's been cast as black panther maybe they will Right. No, it's a, the the sort of jockeying for that fifth spot is maybe the most interesting narrative so far this year. Uh, but you know, since you mentioned Foxcatcher, that's an interesting one since it actually opened this week. It feels almost like old news at this point because we've been talking about it for so long. But it's finally since can. Yeah, since Can, which is, you know, ages ago in our world, but, you know, finally it's getting out there. I guess we'll have to wait and see what the box office Well, it's getting the rave reviews that it deserves. Um, the question is whether the audience is going to show up, and that's going to, you know, you know that Sony Pictures Classics is going to play it out. It's a difficult film. It, it is by no means a crowd pleaser. It is a subtle, restrained, um, brilliantly executed film but but it doesn't necessarily grab you by the lapels and and pull you in the way some some folks at the movies would like to be dragged into understanding what something's about right well but it's it's interesting i mean it, at one point it seemed like foxcatcher was a big player now it seems like it's one of the more challenged ones in terms of you know all these different categories i always thought that was true I always thought that was true because, but I still put Bennett Miller and I waffled a little bit because you know Chris Nolan, you know whatever your problems with Interstellar may be, it's an extraordinary directorial achievement. Yeah. You know, um, in terms of what he, you know, all the all, you know, the people in Hollywood recognize uh, what he marshaled and what he accomplished. You know, they're not, they're, they're, but it's 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 a question of what that snobby director's branch decides to do, and they've not been. They've only given him a nomination once, so I, I I have a funny you know they could go to Mike Lee, they could go to Mr. Turner. God, that would that, be great. Know. I mean, you know, if that's if that's the upshot. I mean, honestly, there are a lot of foreign directors in that branch, yeah. a lot of very sophisticated, uh, not smart, uh, you know, demanding people in that branch. Right. Well, I mean, it's interesting also because Foxcatcher has all these things working against it. Ben Miller doesn't like to promote stuff. You know, Steve Carell's character is so He's doing difficult. it, but he doesn't necessarily do himself oh, you, that much. You can see how much he hates it. Which, you know, in some ways I kind of feel like 
more power to him, except it's it's one thing if Joaquin Phoenix goes out there like he did one time and said, you know, the Oscars are BS or whatever, and then he still gets nominated because he's an actor and he can kind of have that edge to no, him. No, he's but... an actor that the actors respect. Right. Absolutely. And if ben you give Miller, a performance, you're fine. And by the way, I don't think directors necessarily have to work the room as much, you know, right. but, but um, Tommy Lee Jones doesn't do himself any favors. No, and that's either. actually, it's, it's funny you bring that because the Homesman also just opened up this week and it seems like that one, if it hasn't completely flatlined, it's sort of heading in that direction at this point. No, I so. never expected anything from yeah. that except one thing and that's Hillary Swank. Yeah. Hillary Swank really does give an amazing performance. It's right. a weak field. There are not that many great women actresses. Listen to me. My my husband always got mad at me for saying that. And it's redundant to say <laughs> women actresses. Um, so actresses um, in play right now, um, the, dominated by another film that played at AFI, uh, which I finally caught up with everybody. I finally saw Still Alice. <laughs> yes, Julianne Moore. Now you count. Will win. <laughs> she will win. I, I, I think she will win. I think she will win. Okay, here's the thing. That movie, I'm not a big crier. That movie sort of made me get to the to the brink of crying you know i mean look you, you oh you're such a stuttering. guy oh god we're gonna get get into that old chestnut again because here's the thing it's a movie that's totally designed to make you cry she's losing her mind of from course. alzheimer's but you can kind of see where it's going the whole time and i think the performance is fine i actually thought Kristen stewart who plays julian moore's daughter is a little she's bit more interesting good. um as sort of like the the outsider in the family who ends up being the most supportive one um I the story is sort of unremarkable and the performance is is solid, but again, I, I just found it to be kind of by the books, you know. Red. I don't I, feel I that way. To, I what they did, it, but. what the filmmakers did, was they actually um, stayed very intimate. They stayed very close to her, and there are these long takes, like when she when she learns about her diagnosis from the doctor. It's all on her for the entire time. Uh, I think that the movie's very spare and disciplined, and. Um, concise in its way. It does, it has no meat on it, no fat. It's 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 really good. I mean, to me, that's just a way of saying it's kind of underwhelming. You know, I just I didn't see anything that was that wasn't sort of established in the first act going anywhere that interesting. You know, it's very sad, and I think her performance is committed to the point where it, where it gets that across. But it, you know, I don't know. I mean, it, it, because you said it's a weak, as you said it's a weak field for actresses. I suppose she could get ushered in. And honestly, I I have so much respect for Julianne Moore in terms of the kinds of risks that she takes that I will just sort of pretend if she wins the Oscar for this one that it's actually for the David Cronenberg movie uh, that was at Cannes this year, which I think is a remarkable, fierce, unsettling performance for which she won knew. Best Actress at Cannes. Exactly, yeah. exactly. So you know what? I'm no, not going to. But it's argue also for one. her whole career. Exactly. It's also for every movie she's been in. That's the thing. She's one of these respected people who's been her. It's sometimes a question, you know, Paul Newman got nominated for one movie and not the other. You know, was it the verdict? Was it, the, you know, was that the right movie? You know, you get the one, the, the one that happens to land on the right year where you're the one. That's what happens. So, okay. I mean, I think, you know, what we're getting at basically is that that narrative of, you know, it's her time could very much That's play it. to her favor. That's here. what happens. In any case, Still Alice hasn't even opened yet. Why don't we turn to some of our picks for the week because there's plenty of stuff that's coming out. Uh, I mean, honestly, I, I would prefer to bring up a movie here um, as, as usual that doesn't uh, involve any of these conversations because, you know, frankly, there's just so much more opening. Um, in this case, I'd actually like to pick two that 
that are connected, uh, and they're actually both directed by the same person. Her name's Josephine Decker, and she's one of the more interesting kind of discoveries this year. Uh, one of the movies is called Butter on the Latch, which was a real discovery for me when I saw a work-in-progress version of it at the Maryland Film Festival last year uh, before I went to the Berlin Film Festival with her other feature, which is called Thou Mast Wild and Lovely. Um, one is sort of this bizarro, experimental, quasi-horror movie about two women who go to some kind of a acting workshop in the woods and kind of go crazy together. And the other one uh, stars Joe Swanberg in a really creepy role as this guy who's hired to work in a, in a, a cabin in the woods for this family and has a relationship with the daughter and all these kind of lurid, creepy things sort of start to overtake their lives. It's got this Lynchian atmosphere to it, but also deals with uh, sexuality in some really fascinating, surprising ways. Josephine Decker was, until this point, known as the woman who went to Marina Abramovich's uh, exhibit at MoMA and disrobed in front of her. Um, and my understanding is that the two have actually met, and it turns out see eye to eye on a lot of stuff. So it's nice that she's gotten past that initial burst of fame to actually produce some work of her own. And uh, it's, it's really distinctive stuff, like nothing else out there. So I highly recommend people try to check these two films out. Um, because um, she's just getting started, as far as I can tell. Well, I am going to pick Beyond the Lights, which is Gina and Spike Woods' follow-up to her 2000 hit, Love and Basketball. This is a very, very talented filmmaker who has stuck to her guns. You know, she, it's, There's long gaps between movies. Um, she threw away a studio deal where they wanted her to cast Beyonce as the star singer grappling with depression and and suicidal tendencies of an overbearing stage mom played by Minnie Driver. Um, but she, and, and, and there's a romance with a very, very talented rising star named Nate Pat Parker. So it's, it's Gugu Mbatha Ra that she was, um, the woman who was Mel, who she was fighting for. And I want to, um, I really want to uh, recommend uh, that you check this out. This woman's talented. And I also think we should check out Hilary Swank in The Homesman. Um, what? Tommy Lee Jones actually accomplishes here is a beautifully wrought Western, great score, great cinematography by Rodrigo Prieto, uh, the score is by Marco Beltrami, um, beautiful uh, job on this, great acting on the part of him and, and uh, Hilary Swank is this sort of plain-faced spinster who's a hero, who, who does an amazing thing. Uh, to save these three crazy women who are who need to be taken back by wagon uh, to, to civilization, and I, I just—it's a strange, bizarrely structured movie, but there's something very powerful and emotional about it, and uh, I, I'm afraid nobody's going to go see it, so I'm going to tell everybody to see it. Yeah, it's interesting to think about Beyond the Lights and The Homesman in the same breath because they're both essentially focused on women in their own time struggling with some of the uh, kind of like. Uh, social constructs holding them back, you know. So, That's true. Um, they, they would make quite the um, challenging double bill in terms of thinking about these issues, but they are both really strong performances and, and entirely different genres, so it's an interesting uh, opportunity that people have, uh, you know, to um, to experience that particular topic. Obviously, there's also... One is a romance and the other isn't. <laughs> right. Although it, although it seems like it's getting there at one point, not to delve into spoilers. Mm-hmm. Um, but- 
We do recommend Foxcatcher, of yes, course. Of course. Uh, that goes without saying. Foxcatcher, and you know, I I wasn't a, a huge fan of John Stewart's Rosewater, which also opened this week. But uh, Gael Garcia Bernal's performance is fantastic, and I think uh, you know worth worth singling out. And um, there's a really small movie that's out on VOD now that I wanted to mention called Bad Turn Worse, which is this really nifty little uh, noir film that um, was on the festival circuit like a year and a half ago, something like that. Um, but it had a different title. Um, and it's basically it's about these three Texas teenagers who uh, try to get out of this small town environment by stealing a bunch of money and just, you know, throwing caution to the wind and all this stuff piles up. But it's really beautifully crafted. It's a very small movie um, and there's no stars in it. So it's not the kind of thing that's going to, you know, just uh, blow you away on, on a lot of different levels. And it's not something that I think is, is ga- gathering a lot of momentum because of that. But um, it's, it's a really neat little uh, uh feature that plays with genre expectations and it's a, it's another good discovery uh the director is simon hawkins and, and and zeke hawkins they're this uh sibling pair that have a lot of potential so there's a lot of good stuff that's out there um outside of all that stuff that uh we discussed earlier but of course we will um reconvene next week to talk more about the oscar conversation which continues to intensify you're like, in florida right oh Are yeah that old thing i'm trying to decide which one of us is sort of capitalizing on the perks of our job better right now <laughs> uh yeah i'm down in florida for the uh, key west film festival it's uh, a really neat i think we're little, both uh, doing the same thing we need exactly. to learn. <laughs> You know, in my case, I was just trying to get away from the freezing cold of New York, which has just started to take over. But also, um, it's a really neat little festival. I went down there last year. I moderated a couple Q&As and panels and so forth. But um, the the festival was programmed by this um, veteran uh, New York uh, exhibition guy named Michael Tuckman. He used to be at Think Film. Um, So the the lineup is quite strong. There's some really interesting movies like Loitering with Intent from the playwright Adam Rapp and um, Princess Kaguya, which is... uh, the Studio Ghibli film, a lot of interesting stuff that's been around at festivals. There's certainly, you know, no big world premieres, but the audience is not film people, and they're really excited to see these things. And so, so I really like the opportunity not just to come down to this sunny climate, but also to talk to non-film people who are seeing movies that, you know, either haven't been released yet or have only gotten really small releases, and kind of getting a sense for for what a, a sort of general consumer public makes of these films. And I think it really kind of broadens your sense that not just um, you know, that these movies deserve to get out there, but that there really is an audience for them, and that's encouraging. So uh, with that in mind, I am going to go enjoy said sunny weather, and I, I recommend that you do as well. Based on some of that background noise, it, noise, it sounds like Mexico is trying to claim you back from the obligations. Thanks for the beach, too. <laughs> so enjoy it out there, Anne, and we'll reconvene next week.
Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.